Fredo, two wellness base camps down, one to go. That's right, MP. After a sensational day in my hometown of Adelaide, the wellness base camp heads to Kayama on June the 2nd. Fuad Kassab, his sultry tones will be there. The gorgeous Helen Patterson. Maria Zushman, all about stress, the queen of stress. The incredibly handsome Marcus Pierce. Oh, brother, you're too kind. The hometown hero from Adelaide, the remarkable Dr. Brett Hill. <laughs> it's going to be a great day, MP. And the best part is when you register for Kayama now, not only do you get two tickets for the price of one, you also get our recordings from the Wellness Base Camp in Brisbane, valued at $97. Oh, wow, MP. Brisbane was a great lineup too. We had the Up For Chat girls, Cindy O'Meara, Kim Morrison, Karen Smith. It's a fantastic recording to chuck in. Eight presentations from Brisbane. Saturday, June 2 for Kayama at the incredible pavilion overlooking the ocean, Bredo. I don't want to sound biased, but it is the most remarkable venue that we've had for the Wellness Base Camp so far. Saturday, June 2, two for one tickets at thewellnessbasecamp.com. That's thewellnessbasecamp.com. Thewellnesscoach.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce and it gives me great pleasure, as always, to introduce the co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is the galloping gasometer, the gastronomic guru, Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. <laughs> Hello, Piercy. That was a big mouthful. That well, was uh, great. Hey, I had a great weekend uh, with you just the other day. I know that I'm timestamping that. I actually don't mind timestamping anymore um, at the Wellness Base Camp. Well done on putting that together. Another successful event. Thank you. One of the highlights of my weekend was actually spending uh, some quality time with you in real life and your lovely cousin yeah, Anna and a number of the speakers and exhibitors and helpers um, either side of the event because the event I'm often running around like a cut snake, not really having quality time with anyone. But um, gee yeah. whiz, our social time together uh, on Saturday night was sensational. Sensational. Yeah, was Love podcasts yes. but nothing like giving you a, a man kiss and a man hug. In real life, that's for sure. <laughs> and um, I got to share with you some coconut oil, which I loved. Yes. Now, I didn't tell you before you got up on stage that about 70% of the room had no idea who we are. I thought 70% of the room would have some idea who we were. But uh, if that wasn't the most in-joke of in-jokes from the stage, people would have been like, "What? why is he putting his fingers in coconut oil? I have a feeling, mate, that you may have come off, um, off on, on the odd side there because I don't think anyone knew what was going on. I might, they, they might no, no one, no one had a clue. No one had a clue. It was like um, when you tell a joke and the, all you hear is the crickets. It was, the, it was the, that. the lead balloon of in jokes. That one, that was yeah, the lead balloon of yeah, in jokes. It was. But didn't, speaking, didn't go down. Well. It didn't didn't go down well. But speaking of people that are in our tribe, there is someone that it's really to be fair. This interview was long overdue, but today, in the interest of better late than never. We are welcoming back one of the true wellness warriors, in fact, a pioneer of wellness in Australia, alongside yourself, I might say, Damien, but 
a true pioneer of wellness in Australia, if not the world, I'm speaking of the inspirational Sam Gowing. Now, when the day spas and the restaurants and the health food stores of the world want a wellness-inspired menu or when a food company is in strife and they need a lifesaver or when a budding entrepreneur in wellness just wants to do it right, who do they turn to? It is Samantha Gowing. She's the world's number one spa chef, a clinical nutritionist by trade specializing in food as medicine. She has a master's degree in gastronomic tourism from the Cordon Bleu, if you don't mind. She's the founder of Gowing's Food Health Wealth. She's the author of The Healing Feeling. And Damo, she's one of my favorite neighbors up here in the Byron Shire. Sammy Gowing, welcome back to 100 Not Out. How about that rap? I don't know how to respond. <laughs> <laughs> greetings, that's the best way. Hello. <laughs> oh, greetings, 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 earthlings. I love it. Greetings, <laughs> earthlings. <laughs> oh, hey, Sam, uh, today I want to talk to you about uh, reasons why I Quit Sugar's gone. Um, Collective Hub Prints magazine is gone and why News Corp, News, News Corp ended its agreement with Donna Hay. Uh, but can you just recap your story for us so we know a little bit more about you again? Wow, okay. Um, it's a big conversation we're about to have, isn't it? But my background was originally in the restaurant trade in Melbourne. I grew up underneath and at the restaurant table in the 70s and 80s. And by 1990, I became a hotelier, a publican of the Grace Darling Hotel in Smith Street in Collingwood in Victoria. And during that time in the mid-90s, I'd lost my dad by then to cancer and I was determined to find a cure for cancer using food. And I had nowhere to start. I still haven't wow. found that cure. Yes. But I yep. began to retrain in nutrition and food as medicine and opened this business or launched it in 1999 as Food Health Wealth. So it's nearly 20 years I've been pushing this barrel of food as medicine. And people thought I was crazy talking about organic food and what's that got to do with restaurant and fine dining. So go mm. figure it's checked spot, huh? Go figure, it has changed heaps and fortunately it has because um, there's a lot more wisdom in the industry but there's a whole lot of people out there, I, I nearly um, said a different word, uh, a whole <laughs> lot of people out there that like to pull the wool over people's eyes and shout from the mountaintop stories um, and it frustrates me in the wellness industry that we've got these people that seem to be successful but one of those people that frustrates me, and um, I'm not backwards in coming forwards in this one, um, is somebody who told everyone that she quitted sugar, and um, and lo and behold, her company's gone. Now, um, can you tell us a little bit about why you think um, I Quit Sugar has folded and, and shut up shop? Well, well, I think, you know, there's, there's volatility, there's vulnerability. We've talked about disruption um, off-air, Marcus and I, and the disruptors, and you know, I think it was probably time for I Quit Sugar. I think um, perhaps Sarah just wanted to have a rest and needed a change. I can't speak on her behalf. I think it's extraordinary that it hasn't continued perhaps even in a different dimension. And I know that it has helped many, many, many people and I'm really surprised that it's it hasn't gone ahead in whatever capacity. Um, as as we know, and I know that we've talked about this publicly and all together, that eliminating, you know, elements or certain macronutrients immediately or for good is not great to the wonderful mineral dance of our cellular health. So yeah. I'll always put that forward. And I know, Damo, that you're usually in agreement with that um, to a certain extent. So... 
I think there's a paradigm shift. I think we're on the precipice of a big change and perhaps people are starting to realise that there is a lot of volatility in the world and perhaps they want a bit more comfort food. Back to the spaghetti, I don't know, back to the chocolate. Well, even just back to it, I mean, and again, this is definitely not intended to be um, a bashing of any one particular person in the industry, but I feel like it's like we don't necessarily have to go back to unhealthy comfort foods on a regular basis, but I feel that it's coming back to just having some pears or grapes or bananas or oranges without worrying about the sugar content and keeping in mind that there are some people that, that do have trouble with fructose and that's a whole different discussion. But I think, you know, you, you, you spoke about the disruptors, Sam, and this is where I feel that the industry is almost going to split into two and there will become a different level of terminology just as we came up with the terminology of superfoods and whole foods and the rest. There will become some form of, of, of language of awareness around disruption in the industry because disruption is not sustainable. We can't disrupt our diets by quitting sugar, uh, using, using IQS as an example, for our entire lives. As I said to you at our, at our date yesterday, Sammy, you know, I'm still looking for a 100-year-old vegan that's been vegan since their microbiome was created um, and has sustained itself for uh, 10 decades plus because many of these extreme diets where they are cutting out either all or most of a certain type of macronutrient are not sustainable. They can be great disruptors. You know, I, I'm so glad I disrupted my diet for five or six years going vegan. But it was one of the best decisions ever made was to stop being vegan as well. But I, I'm grateful that I did it. When do you think, and maybe you mentioned it earlier in your answer around awareness, when do you think that, um, that society, and if they ever will, maybe they never will, but do you think society will get to a point where we'll have some level of awareness around these companies rather than turning them into this, um, this addiction or this uh, fad rather than just another component of a healthy diet? I think after all the research, after all the collective work we've done, perhaps put out there in the last two decades, I think the general public are still looking for that quick fix and I think they look up to certain um, perhaps leaders in some fields or perhaps icons that they might see on social media and they aspire to that and a lot of it is a physical attraction. It's, you know, how does that person that leads that particular tribe look? I, I want to look like that. Therefore, I'm going to follow their their way. And that's not always the case. What's good for my digestion at this very time in autumn in Byron Bay is not necessarily what's going to work for some of Damo's clients leading into a colder winter. And I think we always have to come back to our bio-individuality and that's the message that I, I believe that we really need to endorse is that we're constantly changing. We're seasonal beings. We forget that. And just by focusing on eliminating fructose, if it's if you feel it's no longer good for you, sure. But goodness me, you know, that bunch of grapes or, or dare I say that glass of wine has wonderful healing properties Uh-oh. at the right. <laughs> Sorry, hey, Sam, you should, come to, you should come to Ikaria with us. Yes, I know. <laughs> That's good advice. That's good advice. Hey, Sam, I've been reflecting recently about the different um, leaders in the industry, and, and you've just raised it. So let's just keep on that track just for a sec, because there's leaders in our industry that are 20 years old. Now, yes. I, don't know, I don't know how that happens. Um, there's also leaders in our industry that are 30 years old. And when I was 20, 
I didn't know much. And when I became 30, I knew a bit more than what I was when I, when I was 20. Now that I'm 44, I know a bit more than what I did when I was 30. Um, and I'm sure that when I'm 50, I'll know more than what I knew when I was 40. But what tends to happen in this whole sexification of the wellness industry has meant that people who are hot tend to get um, this airplay and get shoved up into a leadership status and, uh, and a leadership role. This doesn't happen in medicine. This doesn't happen in other areas. You know, law, for example, you don't find a sexy young lawyer with her boobs out on Instagram um, all of a sudden becoming like the spokesperson for the legal council of Australia. But for some reason, it happens in wellness. Why do you think that is? It's, it's really interesting because it doesn't necessarily happen in Shefton. You know, the kind of the older and the wiser and the more experienced the chef, the more respect they have in industry. Maybe from an outside looking, an outsider looking in, they might be looking for the hot rods, but I can guarantee there's still longevity and there's still a great deal of respect within the culinary arts. Within the wellness industry, I think, again, it comes back to this kind of online tribe you know join my tribe this is the way i'm going to show you this way it'll cut the path this is how i got here because it's usually the case and particularly with the millennials in my opinion and observations that perhaps they've had um an attraction an addiction or a way or perhaps there's been um eating disorders and so forth and all of a sudden maybe maybe not all of a sudden in time they have found a cure, to quote them, and that's their way, the highway, and people jump on that bandwagon. They're very easily influenced, and that's why they're called influencers. And I think it's the social media effect. I don't think it's got anything to do, sadly, with qualifications. And what I know, having studied, you know, my undergraduate in nutrition, is without differential diagnosis, you cannot truly understand the clinical pathway. Now, Damo, please correct me if I'm wrong, but that's my understanding and that whole pathogenesis and all the pathophysiology that I had to study and all the clinical medicine that I had to study and retain most of it, hopefully, <laughs> geared me up to be a much better nutritionist and understand the complexities of food as medicine. Is that a fair call? Yeah, that's a great call. And I think the DDX thing, the differential diagnosis, is a really great call because unless you've got some, you know, working hypothesis, just because someone farts, it doesn't mean they've got celiac disease. And just because someone burps, <laughs> doesn't mean they've got FODMAP sensitivity, you know. So um, to try and work out what that really is, what is the cause of that is the, is the skill or the craft of the practitioner, not the wellness enthusiast or the person with 25,000 followers. It's, uh, it's what we've really got to get back to is look at, at the skill and the art of uh, diagnosis uh, before we go into a treatment. And so, you know, avoiding the pitfalls of going, I'm going to do this diet, I'm going to do this diet because I've been farting and I'm constipated or I've got reflux and indigestion. Just because someone's got that, it doesn't necessarily mean that a particular diet's going to be, you know, the answer for them. And I think you're right, Sam, you said before that people are looking for that magic bullet, that quick fix um, and avoiding what would be otherwise a, a useful diagnosis. And I think, you know, therein lies the problem that with that qualified practitioner and that guidance, people will have continuing great results if they want to look at improving their digestive fire, you know, managing their weight, et cetera, et cetera. But just to mimic something 
on Instagram or download that kind of free report formula, it's a, you know, it's a one-size-fits-all and we know in health and wellness that that's not always the case. Sometimes for me, and I know we've discussed this, in the old days, paleo really, really worked for me, but so did the interval training and the high intensity and all of that kind of um, companion work that I did with that diet. These days, I do a different thing. I probably do a lot more yoga, core stability, Pilates, yin practice, and that seems to work for my adrenal my cortisol, you know, I'm, I'm 52 now, if you can believe that. <laughs> um, can I, can I, I interrupt there, Sam? Can I interrupt yeah. there? Because you said something very, very um, excellent, very, very excellent. Um, and, and what it was was that you've moved from being um, high-intensity interval training and paleo, um, doing yoga and core and Pilates and all of that, but you said that it was good for your cortisol, and I think it's actually – Bigger than that, I think it's, it's good for your soul, not the core soul. Like it's actually really good for your whole body to be in touch and in tune with what it is that you need as opposed to just minimising it and saying, oh, it's good for cortisol. It's actually good for your whole body, and I think that's a, a key thing that you've tapped into. Well, it's a holistic approach, isn't it? These days, particularly if I'm in Byron sure. Bay, I go to a class every day and my spine is loving me for it. <laughs> And everything, it seems that all those intracellular systems seem to be a lot more effective for doing that, let alone the breath work and the, um, you know, the parasympathetic nervous system response and all of those attributes that I know come from that practice. But it's probably the most continuous that I've been with one particular um, format or, or style of work. And it's a mixture of, of ballet, it's bar and ballet and Pilates and all sorts of things, and that seems to be a lot more effective. But next year when we talk, I might have changed direction. I might have taken up, you know, skiing perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> now, Sammy, <laughs> um, let's change tact or direction for a, yeah. just for a moment. Um, there's an intro, you, you spoke about, you know, uh, um, evolution. Damo mentioned the millennials. A part of this conversation has to include then Either Donna Hayes' decision or News Corp's decision, it seems like it's Donna Hayes' decision, but again, it's hard to tell with marketing and magazines these days. Um, the 100th edition of uh, the Donna Hay magazine will be the last. Um, now, it seems as if Donna Hay is moving on to her own subscription-only magazine. And then Lisa Messenger and the Collective Hub, the 52nd issue will be the last and then it's going to um, an online version. Now, the part of me that cannot stand ebooks and all things digital just purely because I already spend so much time online, so it's not personal to those things, is more like we're, we are, um, we're missing some of that tactile relationship with, with health and wellness. But then I also wonder because Lisa Messenger said that financial sustainability is a big reason behind this decision. What do you think it says for the industry when I know um, Collective Hub is a bit more businessy and entrepreneurial than health and wellness and personal growth, but what do you think it says for the wider industry when these two major identities have, have um, and if you include um, Sarah Wilson in this as well, there's been three really big shifts in, in such a very short space of time. What do you think that all means? Well, I think the cost of printing, for one, is extraordinary and I know... I'm, the Gourmet Traveller this year has um, changed, its, it seems to have changed its paper stock. Um, 
it's the first edition that I received when I resubscribed was really, really flimsy. And that just, you know, it seems to me really cutting corners and so forth. Um, I don't think I've ever bought a Donahue magazine. I've referenced a couple of her recipes online and so forth. I think that people are becoming perhaps that demographic um, more visually inclined and less tactile. The only time I would pick up Collective Hub is if I was travelling and I, the last time I bought a copy of that, it had also deteriorated in quality. So maybe it's a cost thing. I suspect it is. I think that, you know, I would dare I say that print media is dead because I don't think that's true. It keeps kind of rising up and if the airlines can keep publishing, you know, superior quality magazines, then there's got to be something other than just the advertising that drives it. I, I haven't got an answer, Marcus. I don't really... No, I'm still really curious, and it just seems so coincidental that kind of those that that trifecta of influences have um, have changed direction. And uh, I know that it's a monetary bottom line is really what's driving it. Yeah, so so you're 100 percent spot on because the point that, that one of the quotes from Lisa Messenger was, perhaps we aren't creating a product that enough advertisers, partners, or sponsors actually want to invest in anymore but it has become increasingly hard to attract that kind of money and that's where I think we come back to the very beginning of our conversation around what Damo asked, that wonderful question around the sexification of health and wellness, the younger leaders that are largely on social media and aren't really on in, in print magazines. Um, the advertisers seem to want to be spending more of their dollars on social for want of a better term than on yeah traditional media um but the idealist in me it's is like does it have to, it's all about eyeballs but it's like what type of eyeballs and 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 and, and we are which eyeballs rather than quantity well, eyeballs but really, you know I, I think it's really disappointing that a lot of uh, even in the you know the primary food industry are marketing purely at the millennials in order to get eyeballs and therefore get get traction and hopefully conversion and i just think that's a really disappointing and micro component of marketing as a whole but it seems to be working for some you know receive this product take a photo and leave i read something i'm not sure if i was with you perhaps i wasn't no i was reading something that um, melissa leong wrote about instagram killing the food industry because there are so many restaurants just putting out meals so people can photograph it and not even eat it and leave no <laughs> <laughs> really? Is that true? <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Instagram-worthy food, beautiful food, and that particular influencer is invited to come in. They'll come in, they'll hold the plate or they'll pop a fork into the, um, I don't know, souffle <laughs> or have a straw into the green uh, smoothie, to have a photo, and off they pop. No. Wow. So it's fake, fake it's news. Effect, it's um, a little bit perhaps, I won't say the MasterChef effect because that's inspired a lot of people to get out and cook more and have a greater oh, awareness. I love MasterChef. They're great, absolutely. It's, you know, it's had a positive influence on industry, but insofar as what is happening, I think it is terribly disappointing that that's the way we seem to be traversing into focusing on just one genre. You know, who can get the most eyeballs on this and how are we going to sell our products as opposed to the old market-style approach or putting the market into marketing. 
which was a scratch and smell. Damo, you'd appreciate that from making your beautiful... Uh, I really do. Look, we haven't paid any influences, and I used to think I was an influencer, but obviously I'm not. So uh, <laughs> No, you need big <laughs> boobs, you. and you need, and your age has to be beginning with a two. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, not, and that doesn't mean 200. <laughs> but I'm... Um, yeah, so I am, you know, obviously quite frustrated because I see it too, you know, you, when you create a, an amazing product and it is actually healthy, um, if you haven't, you know, got your influencers out there to help you get it going, it's almost impossible to get, um, uh, you know, good traction. You've just got to kind of stay out, stay the ride and, and see whether or not you can get through it. And fortunately, we've been in for about, what are we, nearly seven years old now, Forage, which is quite incredible. Wow. Uh, um, and, you know, I think that almost means that we've stood the test of time, but it, uh, it, it now comes down to just making sure that the tribe continues to support. Well, the, well that's the thing. And I, I think coming back to kind of that, um, that trifecta, I call it, of those influences or perhaps, as um, Marcus calls it, you know, the disrupt, disruptors, what will they do next? It will be very interesting. I doubt that they'll be retiring. I know Lisa Messenger on her YouTube clip um, discussion, you know, is looking for another platform but wanting to come back to a more holistic approach perhaps. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how the, all of that transpires, but I think we are also in a great position to reclaim the integrity of the wellness industry because if we don't, who will? It's just going to keep Could Yeah, yeah. Or dividing, as Marcus suspects it will, into authenticity, integrity, and longevity uh, in business, not just in uh, career speak, <laughs> versus um, the quick kind of influencer cash cow and the cult of the green smoothie and the goodness of good citizenship, as I call it. Mm. You know, we've seen in your active work, where as I was yesterday with Marcus. But sipping on the green smoothie and that means that you are perhaps a little bit brighter, healthier and um, having a better life than someone that may be having a can of VB on the tram next to you. Now, Sammy, I've got one final question for you, uh, which is, um, Damo, this could be a world exclusive. Sammy, I was reading an article yesterday um, featuring uh, an incredible um, identity in Australia by the name of Normie Rowe, who was, has been over in WA as a part of the We Will Rock You campaign. Ben Elton was there um, um, and Normie Rowe was there. And in this article, it was suggested that um, a large chunk of his health and wellness has been attributed to his consultant chef girlfriend, and there was no oh, name mentioned, and right. I just have to confirm for all of our listeners, Is that you, are sir? you the girlfriend of one of Australia's greatest musicians, Normie Rowe? Is that true? Can you confirm or deny that rumour that is spinning around the country? My ego has just been beautifully pampered. Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> Normie Rowe, welcome to 100 Not Out. <laughs> I just um, I just walked in as a with a bottle of, of champagne. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, it's it's interesting because I think uh, when when I first met Sam, uh, to, just to discuss food and uh, you know general physical output and stuff like that, uh, was was really nice to find somebody who sort of validated my my. Um, untrained concepts of 
of uh, what good eating is all about. You know, I I, uh, I was a single dad for uh, 15 years and I had to put food on the table every night. You know, for 15 years I didn't buy one packet of potato chips or any lollies and I didn't buy one soft drink for that whole period of time and my kids have grown up really healthily. Uh, none of them are, are obese or, you know, living – um, nutritionally negative lives, um, but they eat really well, you know. And and there's it's not it's not a, a vegan or a vegetarian approach or anything like that. It's just getting going to the fresh produce before you go anywhere else in any supermarkets. Oh, you are a wise man, and uh, Normie, you just like a great entertainer that you are. You came in just at the perfect time. You couldn't have timed that. <laughs> Any like, better? Like an absolute <laughs> rock star entry. I did overhear you talking a little bit about about Donahay is, is is what the her magazine is is going out of circulation or whatever it is. And but it, it was interesting for me to note this morning when I was listening to uh, uh, somebody who had a reporter from the UK regarding. Um, commercial, well, shops that were closing down and shops that were opening up. And I was absolutely stunned to find out that the only sector in the retail market as far as the shops are concerned, I guess that's retail market, isn't mm-hmm. it, <laughs> um, that, that is actually opening up more outlets than they're closing is bookshops. Wow. Really? Wow. That's why I wanted to just sort of drop that. Now, I think what uh, I've been across digital disruption probably um, longer than just about anybody, not me personally, but people in my industry because we were the first to be digitally disrupted uh, through the auspices of, of MP3s and eventually iTunes and the pirate ray, a pirate. Uh, uh, downloads and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So um, I think also if you take a bit of a leaf out of the uh, music industry's book, you'll find ways of actually making this digital age work for you. And I, I've always been very positive towards the digital age, not bad for somebody who is 71. Um, but I, I've always thought that, you know, in everybody – wants their music still the only thing that has changed is the method of delivery now i think that reads for pretty much anything that is a substantial part of anybody's uh culture and life and 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 especially when it comes to food dining and all that sort of thing i you know i don't notice mcdonald's going broke (laughs) <laughs> um, they cater for the poor and they eat with the rich. Mm. And I think, you know, you, what we really need to understand is the more esoteric we become in whatever we're doing, the fewer there are uh, people able to understand what it is that we are doing. So we have to be mindful of that and make sure that uh, we we don't throw out the ba- baby with the bathwater. Oh, Norman, you, you're giving away all of your gold. We want to do an entire episode with you to feature Normie Rowe, the man, the myth, the legend on 100 Not Out. You've timed it 
far too well to come in just at the end of this interview with your lovely lady. But would you be happy to dedicate an episode of 100 Not Out to your own life and views and career on 100 Not Out in the coming weeks? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. It would be, uh, be an interesting conversation, I think. Absolutely. So much to talk about. Normie, special guest, thank you so much for joining us. Samantha Gowing, you absolute angel. Thanks again for your wisdom on 100 Not Out. An absolute pleasure, Marcus. She's good, isn't she? She's better than good. She's the best. She's great. (laughs) Batting so far above your average, Normie. Batting (laughs) so far above your average. Uh, Well, batting far above my ability, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Very well played. Now, for more information on Sammy, guys, make sure you go to foodhealthwealth.com. Is it .au, Sammy, or foodhealthwealth.com? .com, MP. Food, health, wealth, uh, global, I mean, global, global empire global, that global. Samantha Gowing yeah. is. And get on uh, the Black Betty tip. Get on the Black Betty Bam. Seriously, if you're on Vegemite, get it out of the kitchen and get on the Black Betty Bam. Um, it, is, it is, for one of a better term, Sammy, you can't keep up with demand. It is absolutely flying out the door. So get your Black it's Betty Bam like, over at Food, yeah. Health, Wealth. Uh, you mommy bomb, Sammy, is that the way we describe it? That's it. That's it. Uh, umami bomb. Um, Sammy. Black bomb of love, it is. Oh, I love it. <laughs> um, it folks, in places too. It's, yeah. it's everywhere. It's everywhere in the Byron Shire. It's just about to yeah. hit the, uh, the global scale. Um, really want to thank you guys again for joining us. Uh, Normie, thanks for the surprise appearance. We will do a whole entire episode of 100 Not Out with you. As always, folks, we like to wish you both. May the rest of your life be the best of your life. Damien Christoph, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Again, for more info on Damo, go to damienchristoph.com. Myself, go to marcuspierce.com.au. And for the entire range of podcasts available on The Wellness Couch, head on over to thewellnesscouch.com. There are almost 7 million lifetime downloads, all because of you, our wonderful listeners, over 23 shows, over 2,000 episodes in the archive. And as always, until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.